This is the Suffer First Podcast, Episode 17. Thanks for tuning in. What is up? This is Michael Royce, the creator of Suffer First, and this is the Suffer First Podcast, Episode 17. Welcome to the new Suffer First studio in Royce City, Texas. Hey, listen up for just a second. I want you to know that I really do appreciate you being here. It's been a while since we've talked, so I'm going to remind you of just a couple of things, okay? You can listen to the Suffer First podcast on iTunes and at SufferFirst.com. I would greatly appreciate it if you would take one minute out of your entire human life existence and give the show a five-star rating on iTunes and subscribe to the broadcast. And if you'd like to donate one more minute, it would be even awesomer if you would leave a kind comment there as well. As a reminder, giving the show a five-star rating increases its popularity and search rating, which only helps people to find the show more easily. Lastly, if you listen on SufferFirst.com, please leave a comment there as well. I'll tell you, hearing from folks that listen to the show is always pretty cool. So anyway, that's that. Appreciate you, pal. Alrighty then. Before I get started and get knee-deep in this, I want to point out something that you might have noticed in my intro. My name is is Michael Royce, and I now live in Royce City. Many of you have likely already started typing out an email to ask me, Michael, how might I too get a city named after me? Well, you can't. Sorry. That high and lofty accolade is really reserved for only very special human people. I'm not going to get into the number of city delegates that approached me while my wife and I were shopping for homes over the last two or three months, but let me just say, it was a lot. Royce City has a population of approximately 13,000 people, and it's roughly eh, 30 minutes east of downtown Dallas. It's the perfect city to host the Suffer First podcast. I don't remember what the name of the city was before we moved here. It's actually not really important. The important thing is they've renamed the city in order to honor me and attract me and my show here. Mission accomplished. Good job, city leadership. I will be a just and fair monarch. Since my last episode in October, thousands upon thousands of you have contacted me through various forms of electronic communication sources to ask, Michael, where are you? What is going on? Why have you gone dark? Well, I want to give you a brief answer to your questions and concerns. The living situation of my family has been quite odd for the last several months, and a few months ago, my wife and I began shopping for a new home. During that time, my human brain was focused on just a few things, taking care of the day job, and in the evening, shopping for new living quarters. We had offers from several cities to move to them, and our manager was counseling us on the positives and the negatives of each, and we finally accepted an offer from, again, I don't remember the name. Uh, of the city, what it was originally, but we accepted their offer um, of a prime location plus the renaming of their city after me. I will let you know that there was one other requirement I gave to the city before I would accept their offer. You see, my wife is a huge fan of Bucky's, so I told the city leaders that if you want us here, you need to get a Bucky's here as well. I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't know if they'd be able to pull that one off, but I give credit where credit is due. These people work tirelessly to make that demand a reality. Before we moved a single stick of furniture into the moving van, Royce City had opened up a Bucky's right off the highway and only two minutes from our home. So 
we moved into the new place on the Saturday before Christmas, or I'm sorry, the Saturday before Thanksgiving, and spent the last month kind of getting settled in. So there you go. All right. I hope that brief rundown cures what ails you. Now let's huddle up for a few minutes and get into it. I work from the belief that you don't need me to burn huge numbers of words while trying to explain concepts that are really relatively simple. I have five kids, and over the years, I've developed the ability to explain things without having to expend volumes of information to make a simple reality understandable. Now, my wife and kids might have a different opinion of this. I will confess that they often say that I could have finished any explanation that I give 15 or 20 minutes sooner. But that's not due to a lack of ability. It's due to a lack of willingness. Once I get started and the juices begin to flow, sometimes I just ride the wave. That's different from lacking the ability to be quick and concise. With that said, there are times in this show when I'll ride the wave and at other times I'll take the short route and just get to the point quickly and let you do some interpretation yourself. Oftentimes when you're confronted with a problem or a new concept, being able to meditate and ruminate on it enables you to figure out how it best fits you and how to best implement it. I don't know every situation that every person is facing. I simply have some things that I'm confident can help, but there is some self-work that you'll have to take on yourself to make these ideas fit your particular place in life. If you've listened to more than five minutes of any Suffer First episode, you know that what I talk about here is pretty straightforward, and you know the terms that I use. I use the term suffer, and glory. And I use them a lot. I use them because these terms became mental switches for me several years ago. They helped me get my mind right. They helped me engage. It's kind of like um, that Sylvester Stallone movie over the top when he you know, turns his hat around right before he starts arm wrestling. That's kind of what suffer first or glory uh, second is for me. If you don't get that movie reference, go watch the movie. Uh, When you begin to think in terms of suffer and glory, your brain lights up. Uh, Mine definitely does. These terms are uncomfortable to most today. I want you to know that I get it. They're uncomfortable to me at times when I use them as well. They seem a little out of place in our day and age. They're not comfort words. Typically, when you hear them, it's in the context of some athletic event, and the person using them often seems to only use them jokingly. I'm not really sure why they do that. They seem perfectly appropriate to me. I'm not going to go into what I mean by them here. Um, If you want to know what I mean by the terms suffer and glory, go listen to episodes two and three of the show. They'll tell you exactly what I mean. My point is this. If you want something, you'll have to do something. If you're unwilling to do something, then don't expect something. If you want to get glory, your desired outcome, that is, you'll have to suffer, do the required work. And if you want to keep your glory, you'll have to continue investing suffering. Your glory can be equated to your bank account. You suffer, work, right, to get glory, money, and you put that money in your bank account. You use your money to buy things that you want and need. But if you spend all your money without replenishing it, you'll eventually run out. If you want to have a continuous supply of money, you'll have to maintain a continuous amount of work. Otherwise, Your glory disappears after the work you previously put in, and your glory is short-lived then. This is absolutely true of anything and everything, 
whether it's running the marathon, losing weight, moving up in your job, starting a business. I dare you. I defy you to show me one instance where you can get glory and keep it without continuing down the path of suffering to keep it. It doesn't exist. You have to suffer to get, but you also have to suffer to keep. To stop suffering after you get ensures the loss of what you've suffered so much for. Suffering never stops. I hope that's not too off-putting. Unless you're prepared to surrender the glory you've achieved and diminish the value of the suffering you've endured, fix your mind on the fact that suffering never ends. You got it. Now you have to keep it. Getting glory is hard, but fighting the mental battle to not let up so you can keep what you got is just as hard, if not harder. Getting and keeping are two phases of the same fight. You see, I'm going to be personal here for just a second. I've always been fat. I was born to be fat. I was what the doctors called womb fat. Don't bother looking that term up. Just trust me, it's real. My genetic makeup is programmed to be fat. In order for me to be anything else, I have to overcome this DNA prescription. Numerous times throughout my life, I've defeated the programming, but it has never been easy and it has always required a lot of suffering. Once I get the type of look I want, I usually hold it for a few years, become weary of the suffering, and fail to keep it. This is because there is a law at work that doesn't show any mercy. That law is getting and keeping both require suffering. This very same law can be seen at work in any and all homo sapien endeavors. You can't run from it, hide from it, or negotiate with it. It is set. This news may seem harsh, but it's better to know it so you can approach your glory with a clear head and clear expectations. I told you, I wanted to talk to you about getting and keeping in this episode. And so I have. I told you earlier that some concepts are simple and don't require a lot of words. So I'm going to stop here and use no more. I want the world to suffer. Say it with me. Suffer first, glory second. See you later. Peace out. Getting and keeping both require suffering.